From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. We're delighted to have you along with us today and look forward to some time here as we open the Bible and talk about the good things of the Lord and about the Lord Himself. We've been looking for several days at some subjects that really are designed to help Christians strengthen and grow. Last week, we spent an entire week built around three Bible words, rooted, grounded, and settled. We looked at all of the things the Bible has to say about those three words. And then this week, I'm looking at a section in Ephesians chapter 4 that I call the put-off and put-on section. It tells us there are some things that as a new Christian, we need to begin to put off, that is, push back the old carnal man, and we need to put on the things of the new life or the new man. And we build that around these verses in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, verse 23, and verse 24. And I read them for you again. This says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, we've already looked at a number of things in this fourth chapter of Ephesians that really kind of build the case for putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Now today we're going to begin looking at what comes after these verses because we suddenly find all kinds of details that are being laid out in this passage. I mean specific pointed details about how to put off the old man and put on the new man. When you are born into this world, you are born with a carnal nature, a sinful nature. That's the old man. When you are born again, you become a Christian. The Lord puts a new life in you, puts a new man in you. But each of us, as we grow in the Lord, must work at putting off the old man. See, when you're born again, that old nature is still there. And that's why you'll have struggles along the way. That's why sometimes you'll be tempted to do things you ought not to do. That old nature still wants to have its way. So you and I must work at putting off the old nature and putting on the new nature. Well, let's look at the details that we find here in Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6. There's a number of things. And we begin in verse 25 where it says, simply put, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. So, point number one, in the details of putting off and putting on, that means that you and I should be truth-tellers and not bearing false witness. In fact, one of the very top things that God gave in the Ten Commandments was having to do with telling the truth and not bearing false witness. And so you and I also need to remember that when we become a Christian, we are not to be a liar. The fact is, we live in a world where that lying is a part of life. It is just a part of the way the world does business. But you and I need to understand that once we put on the new man— it's time for us to no longer 
be tellers even of half-truths. You know, if you tell a half-truth, that means you've told a half a lie. And so a half a lie and a half-truth really equals a lie. It's not the truth at all. And so we need to work at that. Sometimes people do things that are just deceptive in the sense that they don't tell you everything they could tell you about something. And that deception is, in effect, a lie. And so as a Christian, as a new man, as a person with a new life in you, and because you have that desire to follow the Lord and do the Lord's bidding, that means that we do exactly what this passage says, and we put away the falsehoods. We put away bearing false witness. We put away lying. Notice verse 26. It says, Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. This simply means we have to be careful about our anger. There is such a thing as righteous indignation, righteous anger. There are times when it is appropriate for you to be angry about something, but when you are angry, the Bible says don't let yourself go to the point where that you sin in exerting your anger or expressing your anger. If you let your anger get out of hand, and let it drive you to do things that you ought not to do. Even in the way you treat people, even the way you speak, it can become sinful. And anger needs to be channeled in a way that is positive, in a way that is productive. But if you allow it to run amok, it's going to do you damage. And the Bible says pointedly here, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That means don't you become an angry person. Don't just go around all the time spouting your anger, but settle things that may have you irritated or angry and do it right now. Don't wait for a day to pass. Don't let the sun go down and you still be just sweltering with anger. In fact, the Bible in the Proverbs tells us that we're not to go anywhere with a furious man. We're just not to let that person become a close companion with us. So we're learning here about how to put off the old man and put on the new man. Well, it means not lying. It means taking great care with your anger. Then verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. That statement always has a note of just encouragement that I think all of us need to get hold of. And it simply means don't give the devil a place to lodge. Don't let him have a place in your life where he can just come in and park, where he can just come in and set up shop, where he can just come in and pull up to the table and visit with you. Do not give the devil a place. He doesn't deserve a place in your life. And if you allow him entrance into your family, entrance into your home, entrance into your life, you're going to regret it. And the Bible says, just like you don't lie and you don't let anger get out of hand, at the same time, if the devil shows up, lock the door, don't let him in. Do not give lodging to the devil. He is a devil. He is a demon. He is going to do you damage if you let him hang around. Let him know he is not welcome, and you are not going to just party with him along the way. It's not going to happen. You're going to be smarter than that, wiser than that, and you're going to take the action that you need to take to see to it that the devil and anybody that's hooked up with him is not going to have place with you, and you're not going to tolerate what they offer to you. Look now at verse number 28. It says, Let him that stole steal no more. Well, look at that. It's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes we see people out in the world, 
What do they do? They take whatever they can get their hands on. They do every kind of a crooked deal in the world to just make a dollar. They'll cheat you in order to enhance their own pocketbook. And that kind of thing is just stealing, and it should not have a place in a Christian's life. If you're a Christian business person, you need to be an honest business person. If you're having a deal with somebody where you're selling an automobile or whatever the case is, be honest, be forthright. Do not do that which would be taking advantage of somebody. And the Bible says, as the new man gets a hold, gets a place in your life, you'll not let stealing be a part of your life. Let him that stole steal no more. The second thing is, let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good. This means simply that you and I ought to work for a living. We ought to put our hands to the plow and make a living in a good, honest way. That's just the way Christians are supposed to do it. You say, well, I don't know about that. There's a whole lot of people that are not working, don't want to work, will not work. You can't get them to work. I understand that. And I'll tell you what they need. They need to get born again. And then they need to get in a good church where some leather-lunged preacher will tell them the story of what's in the Bible and will teach them about how to live like a person ought to live. That's just what they need. They've been spoon-fed, many of them, on humanism and on all kinds of things in our society, all kinds of socialist ideas, and a lot of people are just thinking it's okay to be lazy, it's okay to really live off of society rather than to live productively in society, and that just needs not to be. We need to teach our children a work ethic. They need to learn that it's a good thing to work. It's not a bad thing to get up and go to work every day. Listen, get up, go to work, be there on time, be there ahead of time. Don't be running late all the time. It's just a matter of good, Christian, honest, productive way of doing business. I love being an early bird, and I recommend to you, be an early bird all along the way. You'll be glad that you did. And this passage says we're just to put our hands to work and produce from that. And it's a good old principle of free enterprise. I'm telling you, sometimes people fuss about capitalism and they fuss about free enterprise and stuff. Well, look, here's just one little piece in the Bible, and there's much more that could be said about that. But you and I have the responsibility before God, if we are a Christian, if we are a new man in Christ, to be a worker and make a living and do the things that we ought to do. Now, I very quickly say I understand that there are people sometimes who have such handicaps health-wise or whatever the case, that they need to be included in what we sometimes refer to as the safety net, and we all understand that. But very frankly, folks, there's only one person ever so often who needs that. Most of the folks who are taking advantage of our society are doing exactly that. They're taking advantage, and they really could be out and be at work. I see a lot of people begging on the streets who look to me to be very able-bodied. And I don't mean to be harsh. I don't mean to be unkind. I'm just simply advocating what I believe the Bible tells us we ought to do. And I'm willing to practice that. I'm willing to be patient with people. I'm willing to be kind to people. But at the same time, I believe these Bible principles ought to be put into effect everywhere, all the time, and all of us ought to live by them. So we know that we're to work with our hands. That verse goes on to say, 
that he may have to give to him that needeth. So right there you have the principle of the safety net. You have the principle of charity. You have the principle of helping those who honestly need to be helped. And there are people, there are times when we all know we have seen people, we have friends, we have others who have times of need that we all need to pitch in and help with. And I'm telling you, living here in America, the American people have been so generous. I mean, every time there's a hurricane, every time there's a disaster of some kind, literally millions and millions of dollars are given, and Christian people lead the parade in that. Christian people give literally so much over the years. They give and give and give, and they ought to. We ought to. It's important that we do that, and we have that principle right here in the Bible. The new man is not only a worker, not only has a work ethic, but he will take some of what he earns, and he will share with those who have need. This verse says that he may have to give to him that needeth. So if there's a genuine need, you and I ought to be a genuine giver, and that too is a part of being the new man. All right, look one more time at the Bible here. At verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So what this verse is telling us, the new man is not to be a man with a foul mouth. He is so to communicate that he edifies others. Our language, our lingo, our verbiage, our vocabulary ought to be sanctified. It ought to be so given over to honesty and to the good things that we do not give out false, foul information. We simply use our language, we use our tongue, and we do it in a strong, positive, productive way, and we communicate so as to edify and so as to minister grace to those who hear us. And dear friends, this is all a part of the new man. And I know the old man wants to sometimes be foul-mouthed, the old man wants to be profane, the old man sometimes wants to be vulgar, and none of that should be a part of what you and I do as the new man takes hold in us and as we we begin to practice the kinds of things that honors the Lord and that at the same time will edify other people. It will encourage, it will enhance other people and do good things for them. Listen, you and I have so many reasons to just listen to the Lord on this. I know these are details and sometimes people think all the details, you know, we can do whatever we want to do. The main thing you and I need to get hold of is doing what the Lord wants us to do and the details are right here and we can learn from that and be blessed by it. It's been a joy to be with you today, and we'll look at some more of these details on the broadcast tomorrow, and I hope that you'll join me then. In the meantime, remember, I love to hear from you, so write me a note. Get in touch, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I'll look forward to hearing from you. And until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day and goodbye for now.